Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey. Yeah, baby. Welcome to Big Show. A dismal morning here in uh, Brooklyn after Syracuse uh, loses last night uh, to North Carolina. Uh, it, 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 I got to say, I mean, it just <laughs> I was trying to list the positive, the pros and the cons. And I could get done with this report if I did the pros in about six seconds. I mean, it was. Yeah, O'Shea Brissett was the only positive of that game. Yeah, he, he, he did come out and, uh, uh, and, and played while he shot okay. Uh, uh, but God, I don't even know where to start in doing an analysis of this game. You know, it was interesting to me because I leaned over to Seth uh, before the game uh, started, and there was a stretch of time where, you know, remember they're, they're, they have multiple balls being thrown around and they're warming up, so they've gone through the silly layup line and blah, blah, and now they're starting to shoot. And Carolina hasn't come out to the court yet. If you notice, Carolina came out uh, for the second round of the practice well after Syracuse was on the floor, which I thought was intentional. Uh, and, and they went through a span where you figure every 10 seconds, you know, five or six balls were being shot. Not one ball went in for like a minute. I mean, it was <laughs> literally, I was going, I don't think you could try to miss that many, draw iron and miss that many shots. And I thought, why are they shooting so poorly? And, you know, I'm going to start with... Um, Josh, did you see the game? I tried to stay up for it, and then they kept bu- put pushing the tip time back. And then uh, uh, Daddy went night-night at one point. But I watched clips <laughs> of it this morning. He did watch clips. It was... Uh, the old push into the tip. Really? First minute, pulling the ball out of the box, baby. I'm He's working like, blue today. I like <laughs> He's it. He's like a greyhound. Are you riding with me? Yes, of course. You are thinking that you're so... The proposition, you wanted them to lose. It was that of Ride Home with Seth. You, when you that said was, that to me, I thought, there's a, there's, I want a camera in that car. You and Seth for four and a half hours. What does that conversation look like? Me acting like I'm asleep. <laughs> wow. What's the, what's the exit strategy, boys? When are you leaving yeah. Brooklyn? Yeah. Uh, I'm packed and ready to go now. We're, we're, uh, uh, we have ACC play that's going to... Uh, uh, take the last half hour of the previously scheduled two-hour show. So at 11.30, we're done. I'm looking at a, uh, a departure at 11.32. Nice. <laughs> we're out we're of here. Are you packed? I'm packed. I just got to get the bellhop to get my stuff in the car. So oh, fancy. Deal. Very fancy. Oh, huh? he's big. <laughs> my equipment is very heavy. He's got the bellhop to get his equipment in you gonna the car. You going to tip the bellhop, Polly? Yeah, Polly. What's the bellhop get for putting Five all your bucks. stuff on? Five bucks to yeah. load that stuff up? Drop yeah. a Lincoln on him? Drop a Lincoln on him. That's, a Lincoln you know, log. Yeah. That's, that's not a conversation usually made. Drop a link. Hey, man, thanks for the Lincoln. I'm going to drop a Could Lincoln you on you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, bro. Can you afford it? Yeah. It's 50 cents a bag. So you guys didn't Who's go. Ringing? Did you go? Oh, hang on a second. We got uh, an emergency call. Uh, we got an emergency call. We'll collect. Uh, Polly the Mole. Howdy. Yeah. We're on the air, big guy. <laughs> You're calling in on the air on the ESPN show. It's uh, Big Al the Pal on the phone right now. 315. We're on the air right now. You want to call in? I'll text you what you call in. We'll get Big Al on and get his analysis. Bye. <laughs> so my brother Alec calling in. He, 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 he looked mortified when they, it was my face. When the phone, yeah, when the as face most people started. do. Uh, uh, so I had him on FaceTime, and I said, what are you doing? He's walking the street. He's got his whole tribe with him. Yeah. And uh, uh, and he turns around. And he says, uh, "We'll have to get him on here to describe what it is." But he he's got both his his boys now. One of them's like two, and the other one's a tank. And he goes, "You have no idea how much it's like you and me." I've got the one thin, wiry one that's older, and the little one who all he wants to do is knock into him and and smack things and break things. And that that was my role in the, the first ten years. Uh, and so he's got him in some class. I don't know what he called it. Let me let me text him uh, and get him to call in because he said it. It's like watching the two of us when we were when we were little again evidently they put a mat out and they just sort of beat the crap out of each nice. other for like an hour you gotta do you gotta do yeah. you gotta get the energy out of them your kids fight josh oh my god yes it's it's brutal last night my son he has a giant uh inflatable dinosaur 
that he named Rexy that he ripped the arm off, and I watched Rexy deflate slowly in front of us. I thought I, it was the most depressing thing that I've ever seen in my life. And they just watched this dinosaur die right in front of them. I got to go home and patch up Rexy. That's a metaphor for life. It really, really is, Joe Salzano. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Joe Salzano, do you think that we could pool some money together and send Joe out to like a Tony Robbins weekend? I'm, I'm feeling it right now. I, I think, think even Tony Robbins would quit after trying to work with Joe for a <laughs> you imagine, for a week. Can you imagine that? Tony, Tony said, listen, there's nothing Tony I can do with him. him. A, Tony would give him a Rexy with a hole in it. <laughs> 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 What's the number? 315-437-7644 yeah. for all listeners that would like to seven, chime six, in also. Four, four. We're going to get Big Al, the, the kitty's pal, to call in. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, is, that so, a, is that a nickname you want? Big Al the, the Kitties. Kitties. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Paulie, what was the vibe inside the uh, arena last night? It was it was cool for the first fifteen minutes, and then it got then somber. It was, yeah, you know, you know, a couple of things took place. They actually were playing with them. It was you know swinging back and forth between a three four point game. We took the lead a couple of times. When the second foul call came against the Chuke. Uh, and they had to sit him because it was like in the first four minute, five minutes, and we were, you know, we were battling with him. Uh, it changed things. They just started going inside hard, and uh, Dolce just, you know, he just doesn't. Not that Chuk has a lot of weight on him either, but he he's seven foot two. Now, when you put Dolce in there, make and push him around. Uh, yeah, they they just, you know, they built this eight point nine point lead that ballooned by halftime, uh, and then they came out the gate at one point. You know, later in the... I left uh, at halftime. I knew what was coming. There was just no way. They were shooting terribly. They were turning the ball. Five shot clock violations. But you know what was interesting was listening to Roy Williams afterwards. And he said, you know, he goes, look, these guys have been played hard all year. You know, for for the number of men that they have in their rotation. He said, but, you know, playing back-to-back nights with guys that have been playing 35 and 40 minutes per game with no one to suffer them. It really did show. And you know what? It showed. They were tired last night. They were tired. They, they got out. They could not just dribble drive around people. You know, they lost that half step. That's the difference between making a layup and, 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 and turning a ball over. They just uh, they looked they looked really bad. Do you think they put too much out there on the, on the first game that it just kind of exhausted them for the second game? You know, not, not really. No, no I just no. think it was two days in a row of playing basketball. for. Yeah. And it's not even just two days. It's a full season followed by two days yeah. back to back. That well, it's, it's, a really, it's a really simple analogy. So go out the front and run up and down the block, you know, a really slow pace. But, you know, I mean, neither one of us are champions of physical fitness right now, you and I, Josh. But, but walk a fast walk pace down Warren and, go, you know, Walton and go, go up to, to the Starbucks and then come back and do it again and come back and do it. And eventually, at some point, no matter how many laps it's going to be, you're going to want to sit and take a two-minute blow and, yeah. and do it again. There's no way to take a two-minute blow for these guys. There's nothing. Yeah. You know? So uh, when you do that all day one day and then come back and do it the next day you're even more tired you're not going to walk as quickly and and uh, and and that's really a big part of what happened but yeah, they didn't protect the ball they didn't there were just so many things i don't even know where to start so there was there's uh the the argument now is um paulie was saying who has them still in the mix jerry palm i was looking at bracket bracket matrix there's a, they're, they're the last school out on bracket matrix in the ncaa tournament which is all of them put together and added up but a lot of a lot of them have him playing in that play-in game in in Dayton as an 11 seed. I don't see it. Well, that would be a miracle if we got the play-in game. Uh, I really do. I think it would be a miracle if they got in there. But uh, hey, you know what? All right, I think they're done. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think there's going to be a home game at the Carrier Dome. Is there any scenario by which um, somebody that's on the bubble would lose right now, and that would put him in? Uh, Who's got who? Who the who are the four lowest teams left? Uh, in your opinion, in all of basketball, yeah, that are going uh, into uh, the Syracuse and Louisville are two of them, uh, and they're both in the same conference. Uh, I put Oklahoma on that list. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma's was in trouble, they, they, and they lost. And they were they, they lost they, Oklahoma State yesterday, and they were seven seed losing to a ten. Yeah, and Marquette would probably be another school. What's Louisville's record right now? Uh, we beat them on the road. Yes, we did. I don't know what Louisville's record is. They don't have 20 wins, I don't think. Uh, they may have after the other day. You ask me questions. So they won one. Louisville won one so far in the ACC tournament. They got somebody bigger coming up right now. Yeah, Louisville. Why can't I find their record? 
uh, you know what? Radio profession. Yeah, yeah, with a computer in front of him. Josh, what else has happened in the back of the studio? Did you miss us? I've, I've missed you dearly. I've just been sitting in, in the dark room with Joe Salzone for three days. It's uh, wow. It's depressing, to say the I least. I think I saw that movie. I think it was called <laughs> Papillon. Yeah. yeah, this doesn't end well. <laughs> if He's going to harvest my organs here any moment now. I guarantee it. Yeah. Google's 20 yeah. and 12. Louis 20, 20, 20, 20 and 12. So yeah. the same record of it. Yeah. And we have only had the one, so we beat them. Does, yeah. does any of that matter, or does Louisville have I a quality who, road win? Who knows what... What's their quadrant one record, man? <laughs> yeah. You need Seth or some other nerd for that question. Who who they have next? Virginia. Well, they're dead. Yeah. They're dead. So we could actually, you know what? We could, we could, could edge that out. In. We could sneak in. We'll see, though. A little sneak in, and then go on a little run. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was me laughing at your insanity. Wow. So yeah, it would be a play-in to... game in Dayton, Paulie, and then... Uh... Yeah, yeah, don't don't try and talk yourself into it, anybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the pessimist on this one. No, I'm with I've you. Been say- yeah, I've been saying all along they're done, but if I hear Louisville still on the bubble, we beat Louisville, so I'm feeling better about myself right now. I am. I'm feeling better. I still think winning the NIT is better than playing oh, the play-in round and losing. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I don't care what you say. I think it's a better thing for the for this program. To let these guys play five games and get a little seasoning, uh, I think Battle is not going to jump now. I don't think he's going to go. He may test the water, but I don't think he's going to go. He's ended up in the G League for five years. And you know what a great point that came out from Danny Shays was? He said, remember something. If he jumps out and goes to the G League, he gives, a, a, he gives another season full of guys that he's going to face next year that are going to come out as guards, too. He goes, but whereas if he's playing and people are seeing him and hearing about him and he goes deep into the tournament with a really good Syracuse team, there's a lot of uh, a, a lot to be said for that. I agree. I, don't, I think if he goes out, he's making a mistake. He's not that good yet. Yeah, and if he has another year of averaging 20 points in the ACC, it's, well, that's hard to ignore if you're an well, NBA scout. If you actually have a legitimate couple of guys that can shoot the ball from three-point range, and then you let Brissett take a little heat off him. He might go 25 points a game in the ACC. Let's hope. Yeah, well, make it happen, Paulie. You got the connections. <laughs> <laughs> make a phone call, Paulie. Come on, make it happen. Man. Yeah, Paulie, make it happen. Call. You know, I said, I said to uh, he didn't take this very well. I guess I got to learn the politics a little bit better. I said to Coach Bay, I said, look, man, I can make this happen. Three picture deal, all three pictures shoot <laughs> in Syracuse. It has nothing to do with Syracuse basketball. It's a private contract between me and Battle, and it has nothing to do with sports. So the NCAA can't touch him. What do you think, Coach? He goes. Arr, arr, arr. He, he didn't want to hear anything. Yeah. He, he didn't want to get caught in the collusion. That was the best Bayheim impersonation I think I've ever heard. Who was doing Bayheim? Uh, uh, Park was doing Bayheim. He does a pretty good Bayheim. Yes, he's very good at that. Yeah, he does a good Bayheim. He was in here doing a little bit with us. Uh, he, he doesn't do it on mic very often, does he? No. <laughs> very uptight gentleman, that yeah. Park. Yeah, he's got, he's, he's, got to, he's got to get a little less starts in the bridges. He's about, yeah, he, he's about as fun as a trip to the proctologist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 Dude, I wonder if Matt, isn't he on the show later? Yeah. Yeah, could you have that ready to play back, yeah. Joe? We'll make sure we Joe, pull that. Joe, yes, please have that ready. Yeah, yes. let's make sure we have <laughs> that ready right, to play Throw me right under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw you right under. Yeah. A, here he is. Have that, ready, have that ready to play back for Matt Park, please, because Matt right. just won't. Why don't we hit a break and come back and talk to Matt Park then? Yeah, just the Paulie part, by Gotcha. The way. We got you. All right, we'll be back. It's ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn, brought to you by Planet Fitness. Hey, now, and we're back. And sitting in with us now is the voice of the Orange, Matt Park, along with Paulie the Mole, Josh in studio. Joe Salzone, producer of the stars, and on the line, my brother, Alec Baldwin. Xander, are you there? Yeah, I feel uh, I feel like I am not worthy. I am not worthy, along with all these super jocks and all these super sports geeks. And uh, I don't know what I can contribute, but I'm happy to chat with you, as always. Well, I want, I want to know. Uh, you, you, I got you on uh, FaceTime. You FaceTimed in on the streets of Manhattan, and you come from. Tell me what what is the thing you took the, your boys to? I take the boys to Big Muscle. Let's go, Big Muscle big Builders. Muscle. <laughs> yeah, they take uh, Big what Muscle. Is, take take us through Big Muscle. What is Big Muscle? Big Muscle is where they run around. There's mats everywhere, and they just kind of shove each other around and throw each other on the mats, and you know, it's kind of kind of like a wrestling uh, practice. 
like wrestling practice for two year olds. Now your boys, big your bo- big, big muscle. <laughs> that was the title of the first porn I ever did. Was called <laughs> big muscle. Um, um, so, so it's really, so, that's really no. sad of you to overlap that with my children's uh, <laughs> uh, programming. That's really that's really wrong of you, actually. But go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your patience. Uh, uh, so, 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 uh, how old are the boys now? Because, because the little guy is is he sick? How old is he? He's uh, a year and a half. He was a year in September. He's a year and a half, a little over a year and a half. And uh, my son Raphael is going to be two in June. He's a couple. He's a couple months away from being two. I mean, three rather. He's gonna be three. So Roth is almost three, and Leo is a year and a half. And so, does it remind you? Are there any remnants then of of you and I when we were younger? Because you're second. You, you're like you. Raph is kind of lean and muscular and 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 uh, and, and taller. Well, he's he's, he's, and he's, he's, he's he's trim and he's kind of you know uh, uh, obedient, adult identified. And the other one's you, basically. He's. Uh, <laughs> He's, uh, you know, uh, he's a complete uh, uh, hyperthyroid case. He's completely muscled up, and he's almost as big as his brother already. He's a year and a half younger than him, and he's almost the same size. And when you yeah, pick him up, he's so muscular, he's so dense, like you're picking up a bag of cement. I mean, he's, like, really heavy. You know, it, 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 uh, uh, it was a ripoff for me because I would go to school, and my older brother... And all of my younger brothers, they could all wear my stuff, but I couldn't wear any of their stuff because they were all smaller than me. So they just wore droopy sweatshirts and all my cool stuff. I get a, you know, it was great in my house. You got an Alabama or a Syracuse sweatshirt, you know, and I'd see it on some other kid. Billy traded it with him and got something in exchange that fitted him and gave away my things. What's on the schedule? Are you shooting right now? I'm doing this movie with Edward Norton called Motherless Brooklyn, which was based on a very well-regarded novel written by this guy Jonathan Lethem uh, a few years back, and Edwards directing, and uh, co-wrote the script, and uh, he's producing. It's been a really, really great experience. Willem Dafoe, Bruce Willis, um, Bobby Cannavale, um, Cherry Jones, a really, really great. Uh, uh, this young woman, uh, Gugu Mbetha Raw, uh, this. Uh, African-American actress, beautiful girl. She's uh, uh, and a wonderful actress, too. We have to stop describing them as beautiful. We're, we have to, that's, the, that's the old way. So, um, But anyway, um, the uh, good group of people, and I'm, I have a couple more days of shooting, and I'm done. And what about uh, uh, the next uh, mission? <clears throat> Didn't you just wrap that up, too? When's that out? We wrapped up what? When's, when was the last Mission Impossible, the last... Cruise I shot that in just... London. You know, they, they postponed the schedule for a couple of months because Cruz was injured. And he wasn't supposed to go back to work for like six months, but he was back at work nine weeks later. He's such a kind of a, um, you know, will not lay down and die kind of guy. And he just uh, pushed himself and they, you know, did all the treatments and they limited his activity to a degree. And he, uh, but he went back to work uh, on a very abbreviated recovery. And, um, we finished that. I think they're still shooting for a couple more weeks over in Dubai. And uh, that comes out, and I think it's coming out in July. That's exciting. So you've been very busy. Good for you. I'm now, a, let me ask you uh, this. Uh, uh, explain <laughs> to me, for people who don't yeah. know, I mean I, I mean, I love football, and I watch football, and I follow it. You know, not like I used to because I don't have time. But, like, so what's going on with Philadelphia? They've really got to trade this guy away to make room for that starting quarterback to come back. They, they have to do well, that. Well, I think I think the thing you have to take a look at is is Carson Wentz is a better quarterback statistically. He's younger, uh, but I think what this guy Foles has proved is he deserves an opportunity to play on another team and be a starter somewhere, which he probably won't be in Philadelphia. Wentz is not due to come back until at least probably three games into the season. But don't you owe this guy who's Super Bowl MVP and brings the first Super Bowl title to that city an opportunity to be in Buffalo or? Jacksonville or someplace else where he has a good five years left in him and he gets to shine. Matt, what do you think? Well, I think, first of all, Wentz isn't uh, completely healthy, right? So you've got the best backup in the league. Probably would behoove you if you can afford it to hold on to him until you know Wentz is back. But Wentz is the franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. So that makes Foles expendable. I don't think you owe it to the guy. They paid him his salary this year. They don't owe him the opportunity to go to uh, Jacksonville or what what have you, but certainly all those teams are lining up 
looking for him because he's you know probably better than the bottom twenty percent of uh, of starting quarterbacks. But it's always in, in but, it, but it's always funny to me. I mean, in that kind of any given Sunday mentality, where, where all these guys who are on these teams, maybe those teams don't coalesce the way you want them to, but all those guys dominated in high school, they dominated in college, they get to the pros. Uh, you know, nearly everybody there deserves to be there. And, but at the same time, they're always playing the statistics game and they're always trying to, uh, uh, you know, kind of widgetize the whole thing where you're hoping Wentz will do what Foles has already done. You're, you're counting on a guy saying, well, we're going to go with a guy that we think statistically is more likely to deliver something that the other guy's already delivered. Yeah, uh, I remember too. Though they, I think they, they changed somewhat their offense to cater around the limitations of Foles. Whereas with Wentz, it was even more wild, wild west. I mean, I don't think Philadelphia with Wentz would have been stopped by anybody either. As a matter of fact, they probably just would have won by two more touchdowns. Um, that's so, how so good you're saying with Wentz was. they would have won even more. I believe so. Yeah, Wentz is a better quarterback, Zan. Now the one now now Matt brings up a really interesting point, and that is, you know, there are guys who never come back under the same after this type of surgery that he had, and we don't know that yet. So you know, he he's right. Technically, you know, they have the right. He, they did pay him and everything. I'm just speaking more, you know, mano a mano. The guy, if you bring Wentz back and hold Foles behind him and don't let him shine after winning an MVP. I, as, as a player, and I, as a coach type of person, think, man, I want to give this guy a chance to play somewhere. But from a business standpoint, oh, hell no. You don't have to send him anywhere. And he's proven that he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. So, uh, but I'd love to see him go someplace. I'd love to see him come to Buffalo, actually, is where I'd like to see well, him. What, yeah, what team is that. he likely to go to? There's a lot of people vying for it, but Philadelphia, after him winning Super Bowl MVP, is going to want a handsome amount of draft picks. You know, they're probably going to want a couple of high two. What team do you think his style of quarterbacking would fit into best? Well, he's a prototypical quarterback, you know, straight drop back, kind of simple. Uh, but I think he'd do well in Buffalo. I'd love to see him go there. And he'd start right away. I think the guy they have out there is a great athlete, but he doesn't have a great uh, quarterback IQ. So I, I'd love to, and plus I, you know, I'm a big fan of Buffalo. So uh, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him come up to Buffalo and play. Paulie, anything? Sounds like it sounds oh, yeah, like nothing. you want him to go well, to Buffalo. If they tra- <laughs> if they trade him tomorrow, though, the Eagles are in real shaky ground to start the season. Then if oh, they're yeah. just hoping for for Wentz to come back, because you know you, you think about if the if the Eagle when Wentz went down in the middle of the season if or three quarters through the season if the Eagles had a magic wand and they could have had any you know other quarterback in the NFL you know bringing in Matthew Stafford from the Lions who's a great quarterback might not have had the same results as Foles stepping right into a system that he knows right. keeping everybody else in the position they're accustomed to uh, they they hit it you know they 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 struck gold with the way that uh, that worked out there's no guarantee it's human performance there's no guarantee any of that happens again right. but you know. Wentz, every characteristic about Wentz shows that he has a higher ceiling than Foles, and he's he's worth the wait, and it's going to be a tough conversation when they've got to hand that ball back to him when he's healthy. Yeah, I remember when Wentz got hurt, and you know Foles had quarterbacked and delivered eight wins out of ten games the season before, before Wentz became a starter, and I had said, you know, why wouldn't the Philadelphia Eagles not grab Colin Kaepernick now? You know, I mean, a guy who's got Super Bowl experience, and everyone thought I was crazy saying that. I thought he was a better investment, not knowing that Foles was going to deliver the goods the way he did. Obviously, they didn't need Kaepernick, but someone's going to have to grab him in the offseason. Well, what? Now Kaepernick, years and that's another thing. Two things. My last two questions. What are the odds that Kaepernick's going to get get signed? To get signed? Is he locked out? Is he blackballed by everybody because of this uh, this kind of uh, uh, you know right wing insanity about the flag? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm all for saluting the flag. I, 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 I think it's saluting the flag. And standing for the national anthem is a great idea. At the same time, if you don't want to, that's your business. So that's the way the country works. And to, 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 do, to turn this guy into Muhammad Ali and carve out like five years of his prime career while he's at, while he's at his peak and, and kill his career because of that, that that's uh, abhorrent to me. But, but, but well, do you think he's likely to get signed and be, does he need to sign in a city that's a more tolerant city? 
What's a more left-leaning city where they're not going to boo him every time he walks on the field? I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you the answer to that. Let the Jets start off 0-5, and, and, then, and then that's the kind of team. So it's not going to be preseason, I don't think. I think there's still a stigma attached to his name and a bad taste in people's mouths. But you want to talk about a ravenous organization that's going to lose a few games to start the season out and does not really have a quarterback solution. And the New York Jets become a viable, you know, it's going to be, you're right, it's going to be a, a, a team like that that's going to go, is he going to win? Because we don't care what he does on his knees. It could be boys, girls, whatever he I'm wants not, to but do. I'm not quite, Just I, disagree with you the, I disagree with you that the Jets are that kind of team. But to the Jets are a real hard hat, lunch bucket crowd, cops, firemen. You know, that, that, that's not like a, a that's not an elite crowd of people. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not complaining about that. I mean, the Jets have, have had their successes, but Jets fans are just as, as likely to boo him. They're 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 a kind of a, a, a you know kind of a red crowd. I don't view them as a left leaning crowd. The place he needs to go is probably like San Francisco. Well, he came he came out of there, so you're not going back right. there. How'd that work? Out? Right. That's, that's, that's my right point. Now. That's right. my point. It was like like yeah. where he was was the best it's going to get. Yeah, and so the only thing I'm going to add on to that is I wasn't really talking about what socioeconomics are behind uh, um, Jet fans. What I'm talking about is if they sign him and they start booing him and he wins three in a row, watch how fast they go. Hey, man, you know what? Kneeling ain't so bad. You know, he's just supporting our country. For the record, he has said that he won't kneel when he comes back. That's right. He has said that. And there's no there's no NFL town that's going to accept him. It's The fans are the same in every city. Right. It's that... The people that go to the games are the guys that are going to boo him. It's not right. that. Let me just wins, say this. Will. I hosted the NFL Honors Awards for three years in a row prior to the game and, and, and had to be approved as that host by the NFL and by the network that had the game. And we did. We, it switches networks for whoever has <clears throat> the Super Bowl. And I did it. It was a great time. And all the people from the league, uh, uh, you know, Goodell, everybody, they were very kind to me and very proactive with me. And I am, uh, you know, a, a hope-to-die NFL fan who wants to see these inconsistencies of theirs worked out. But the fact that they've come down hardest on people that won't kneel for the flag and not on men who've been accused of spousal abuse of their, of their partners. They, they've, they've treated people who won't kneel, uh, people who kneel and won't stand for the, for the, for the uh, national anthem, they've treated them more harshly than men who've been accused of beating up their wives and girlfriends. That's one of the biggest problems they have to deal with right now. Yeah, well, they, they definitely have an image problem, and they've got multiple losses. That is the image everything. problem right there. That is the image problem. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I still think I still think he's going to be. Uh, I think the Jets are the perfect fit for for Kaepernick because if he wins, I will, here, I will not contradict Nostra Daniel. I will not step into that trap. The great, the, okay? the great one has spoken, my friend. The great one has spoken. Right, my my, my best to you, and I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Okay, love you, Zen. You too, buddy. I got a question for you. Tell me. Your movie, Mus- The Big Muscle. <laughs> the Big Muscle. The Big Muscle. Were you, a, were you a supporting role or, oh, or no. the lead actor? No, no. There, was no, there was no jockstrap at all. <laughs> there was no jockstrap to support me in that one. It was, it was me, Sly Stallone, Charlie Sheen. It was bad. Uh, should we take a break? Joe? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah let's go. Let's, go uh, let's take a break. We'll be back with... Uh, the voice, the voice himself, the the golden throat, Matt Park. I saw that movie too. Movie. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and Joe, we're gonna play. We're gonna play. Paul, we're gonna we're gonna play. Let's throw Paulie under the bus. Yeah. So Joe, 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 when we come back, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a hey now, and then go right into Joey. Go All right. right in. Go right in. Go right into what the mole did. You ready? Okay. We'll be back after this. Syracuse football plays here. And into the end zone. Touchdown, Orange. ESPN AM 1200. It's the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn, brought to you by Planet Fitness. Hey now, All right, let's go. Let's go right into. We're talking about the great Matt Park and uh, and his Bayheim impression earlier. Matt walks in and did not get a chance to hear this. Very uptight gentleman at yeah. that park. He's about as fun as a trip to the Pratt College. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Do you, hear, you hear that number thought, four bus coming by right there? <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Yeah. 
I thought that that's nothing to do with the Bayheim impression. Well, no, no you, well, you missed it. I said, uh, I go, if you're, who was doing the Bayheim impression? I said, no, it was Matt Park. He does a great Bayheim impression. Does he do it? Will he do it in front of the? And he go, no. I go, does he do it on mic? They said, no, he won't do it on mic. And he jumped in with, yeah, Matt Park, he's excited about <laughs> I've occasionally done it on mic. I'm not going to do it when he's listening. Let's put it that way. Is <laughs> him off, you think? Uh, yeah. I think he, he would just sort of laugh at him. Actually, my, my, my impressions of him really are more my impressions of Mike Hopkins' impressions of him. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That, would Hopkins have done it? Um, no. No? So no. just because the respect level, you just can't get away with that? Well, you do it at banquets. You do it when you know you can get a laugh from the right people but right, yes right, right. out of respect you wouldn't do it to him well you're, you're talking the wrong family member I got, <laughs> yeah, right. I, got a, I got a brother that that poops on the president right? <laughs> so we really don't care uh, uh so so you know it's interesting because we look at the coach now out of washington what, what a great accomplishment for him he wins coach of the year in the pac-10 and he may indeed be playing in the nit against jim Bayheim. <laughs> Which would be yes, interesting. Yes, they lost last night, so that kind of cut into his uh, NCAA tournament hopes. And that's not been a super strong league this year. So, yeah, he could, he could very well be in the NIT. Yeah. Which is actually an improvement for, for Washington. I mean, they haven't been to the NCAA in six years. Uh, it's been forever since they've been to the, the Sweet 16. So he's got to head in the right direction. He's obviously a good coach. Yeah, yeah, 20 wins for a team that won like seven last year or something. Yeah, so. with the number one draft eight. pick. Yeah, they won eight games last year. Yeah, eight. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's not good. No. How is how is uh, you know I was reading about. Um, have you seen Minute Bull's kid, Bull Bull? The kid he's a top can, recruit. Yeah, he can play. I think he's I going to seen. Oregon. Yeah, he. Uh, I, one of the things I do every every summer is to go to this uh, top 100 camp at Charlottesville, Virginia. So, so it's basically 100 of the top 125 high school kids. It's pretty much a who's who. That every now and again, there's a few that slip through the cracks for one reason or another and don't go. And he's been there. A lot of these guys that we, we talk about uh, have been at that. And, you know, he sticks out, you know, there. Um, he's like, in other, in other words, he's legit. He's not just along for the ride because his dad played in the NBA. Oh, no, he can play. Yeah, they're talking about him. I'm like, how do we get him? How do we get him? How do we get him away from Oregon? We're going to get bowl, bowl. Bowl, bowl. I just want to be able to say bowl, bowl. I would like to have somebody. We need a. Can we get a professor of like African studies or something to explain to us the phenomenon of the dual name? Dwayne, 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 bowl, bowl. Um, there's, there's many. George Foreman, George Foreman, George Foreman, George <laughs> Foreman. Yeah, well, that's, that's, a different, that's a different kind of. Ruben Boomche, Boomche. Um, I, I would like to have that explained to me. The, the dual name. Well, I think usually, especially if it's a, a tribal or native name, actually really any name when you think about it, usually has some meaning. Do you know the meaning of your name? I don't. You don't uh, know the meaning of your name? Uptight uh, proctologist. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie, do you know the meaning of your name? Uh, small in stature is what Paul means. Well, they, got, they nailed that. Huh? This is like that episode of Welcome Back, Cotter, when he gives them that assignment, and they come back, and the last one to do it is uh, Horshack, and he goes, Horshack means the cattle are dying. <laughs> the cattle are dying. I know the meaning of my name. Josh, you know the meaning of your name? I know that my last name, Grossvent, means big wind. Big wind. That's true, yes. I guess it's that. about accurate. Wow. I sit behind him in the office. Very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Salzone? I think mine Who's means dumbass. Dumbass. Yeah, Salzone yeah. stands for dumbass. Mine means dumbass. That's <laughs> being nice. My name is my name is Daniel Leroy Baldwin. Daniel means courage and faith from Daniel in the Lion's Den. Leroy or Leroy is French for the king. And Baldwin is English for the bold one. So I am the faithful, courageous king who is bold. Wow, that's like way that. better than Big Win. <laughs> how, how many white guys have a Leroy in there? Not a lot of white guys have Leroy. Not yeah. a lot of white guys have Leroy. Do you want to have some fun with Matt Park instead of sitting and talking boring basketball with him? Why don't we do So What with Matt Park? Yeah, let's do So Kay. What with Matt Park for sure. We got Joe a queued up there, Joe Selzone. I'm ready for it. Okay. Well, you got a lot of people involved in this show. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? It's a Very. big show. It's a circus. <laughs> Without the rings. Yeah. <laughs> Just put a 10 over this stupid Does Matt show. know how to play uh, So What? 
Yes. Matt, so yes. I think it's pretty much you listen to a thing and you react to it. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, if it, let, 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 let's, not, let's not pretend there's any special <laughs> Well, if you say it's so what because you don't care, if you don't say so what, you need to explain to us why it's not so what. It's, Matt, go. it's literally the same bit you do on your show, just a different name. I'm well aware. Trust me, I know there's... There's not a lot of creativity going on in that building. So, uh, I, I, wow. I, I okay, number so one. what? <laughs> Sources tell ESPN the Seattle Seahawks are trading defensive end Michael Bennett and a seventh-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fifth-round pick and wide receiver Marcus Johnson. So what? So what? Good, good team gets better. Yeah. So, so what? So what? Yeah, around the horn. Joe South's own ladies. Boring. Uh, Ex-Cleveland Browns coaches held fired Browns coaches party at the NFL scouting combine. (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) Read that again, please. Ex-Cleveland Browns coaches held a fired Browns coaches party at the NFL scouting combine. Love that's that's pretty funny. I actually like that. That's not so. Yeah, that's kind of like a uh, you know battle scar. We've we've all been through this rite of passage to have been in Cleveland and be fired. I wonder if Belichick showed up. Yeah, yeah I'm already I'm already bringing in cameras for when we fire South Zone. <laughs> no, we're gonna have a big party. Where, where did they have a building big enough for all those coaches? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's waka a waka. One. That's a big one. Josh, anything? Uh, I, I listen. I'm down for a reason to party anytime. I'm, I I love it. John Gruden, one of his things, the, the FFCA, the Fired Football Coaches Association, is a, a great idea, and now he doesn't need that. He's got a job and $10 million a year. He's all right. He's got a big job, and he's in Vegas after next season. Pretty cool. That's so cool. I'm going to be going to definitely going to Raiders games because it's in Viva. <laughs> Joe, what do you got? The Washington Redskins are giving Super Bowl rings to the replacement players that played during the 1987 strike. Oh, I like that. So they went on strike. They played for a little while. Then the then the uh, uh, the Hogs came back. They won the Super Bowl, and they're going to give those guys. Did their record their record counted against their season? Didn't sure, it? Yeah, it did. So they should. They yeah, should those get were real rings. games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's well, a great thing. What took what took so? I mean, it's a little weird when you hear it, but then you think, well, they played. They were the team during the season. What, what took so long? That's two nicknames you don't want next to each other: scabs and hogs. <laughs> yeah, what was the thing we heard we, we we uncovered earlier in the year, Josh, when we found out that there was some, like the cheerleaders get a ring or some, there was somebody in the organization who went, they get a well, Super Bowl ring? What happens in the, you know, World The wives, World the wives Series, get a ring. Yeah, the, uh, there's grades of the ring, right? The players get the gargantuan, you know, 200, like the Patriots, 283 diamond, the, those things are worth thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. The secretary, the equipment guy, the, they might get something uh, knocked down. And then in some cases, they'll be like a pendant for the wives and the you know, various people that are associated with the, the program in one way or another. I think you'd be surprised the number of – you know, it wasn't the one that the players got. We were in the uh, trip to uh, Winston-Salem to play Wake Forest in basketball a few weeks ago, and our bus driver it spends his summer driving the bus for – the visiting teams for the Chicago baseball team. So if you're playing the White Sox and the Cubs, this guy's probably driving the bus around the city. He was wearing a Chicago Cubs World Series ring, which how cool, you know how cool is that of all of all teams? Somebody has won the World Series in the era where they give rings away. It's been 108 right. years, and obviously his isn't the same as uh, Anthony Rizzo's uh, World Series ring, but uh, he's still got one. It's a great conversation starter. That is a great conversation. Wasn't there a Syracuse you know? game that uh, Paulie and Matt both got DVD players? No. Matt wasn't here yet. No, oh. we, we don't get the Josh keys. That was uh, that was back in the uh, early years, Preston Chumpert years. <laughs> you got I a DVD if, player, uh, nice. That was the Phillips thing, right? Yeah, in Atlanta. I wonder if the replacement players are going to get a real. Are they going to give them like the pendant ring? You know, like, like some some Swarovski crystal. You know, or are they going to give them like the real deal? Middle of the road. Middle of the road. You think? Yeah. I want to see a comparison. I mean, he's got more money than he knows what to do with, and he's obviously looking for some goodwill and everything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Snyder, you're not going into, you're not giving away rings that are valued at thirty thousand a piece. To the, I don't know how many guys it is, but you're not doing that. What else you got, Joey? What else you got, Joe? And British Prime Minister Theresa May calling out an opposition leader for quote mansplaining. <laughs> 
Just that is the least <laughs> explanatory story right. I have ever heard. Yeah, can we get life. a definition on mansplaining? The, well, I know what mansplaining is, but what was he mansplaining? We need a Joe Splain it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Absolutely. I like Joe Splaining more. Do you have like any more Joe information, Joe Splaining? No. Oh, okay, good. Thank uh, you. So this thing Joe, happened. Joe, Joe Splaining is completely underselling everything that could possibly be and leaving out very important sentences. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I say, I don't say so what to Joe Splaining. I say so what to Mansplaining. Rephrase the question, please. <laughs> <laughs> he, that no. wasn't even a news story. I got a new bit for the show. Tell me. Joe reports like he typically does all the most historic moments in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Merlin, like right? is going down. Many are dead. It's tragic. Oh, Pe- Shot- People Sh- died in a crash. Shots what? fired in Dallas today. An umbrella went up on the grassy knoll. <laughs> yeah, something obscure with it. Yeah. Or, or cut away to, like, famous movie things. Certain. So we can go, shots fired today from the grassy knoll in Dallas. Lee Harvey, you're a madman. <laughs> America buys some land from France. We're going to make hot sauce there. <laughs> totally. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I like that. I like that. You want to work on that, Joe? You want to take on that segment? Sure. Lackluster um, News by what, Joe Salzon. Man what, what crosses the Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Boat leaked some. <laughs> Man crosses the Delaware. Dumplings under the apple tree. Anyone else for me? Wow, I like that. So what are we going to call this? A, a, a Joe, the Joe moment? A moment with Joe? It's gotta be Joe undersells his It's got to be like a Walter Cronkite theme. You know, and then... Underwhelming news with Joe Selzone. The gag could be... Yeah, ha- have Joe do his Joe treatment of it and see how long it takes you to figure out what he was actually what talking about. What it is, about. yeah. Yeah, for sure. A man or, or- walked on a rock this evening. <laughs> <laughs> rock-, rock was a ways from home. <laughs> should I be, should I be writing these down? <laughs> yeah, no, you can't cheat, Joe. You have to actually be creative and do a little work. Oh, oh see, now just we lost the whole gag. I said work. It was like a, like a rash came over him. It was terrifying. Uh, all right. Well, what time we got here? Should we go to break and come back? Yeah, we got uh, a couple more minutes with Mr. Park, and then Mike Waters will be joining us. I love that. Let's take advantage of our minutes with Mr. Park and talk a little bit more about sports. <laughs> Get off the game show network. Team uh, lost last night. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're all, uh, when do you decide whether you're driving with us? Because, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm for, really I'm, right now 50-50. I really, really? am. I think maybe... Maybe fifty-five, forty-five ride. Now, what determines? What are the determining factors? I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about it. Like, it's snowy. It's, I don't really know my way around here, so I'm like, what would I do with sort of a little found time? Right. You know, and I would that's sleep. not exactly lighting my fire. I could sleep on the ride with you guys. I don't want to care to talk to you guys for what? what that's what, terrifying. <laughs> I was hoping um, you were going to be the if, cushion. If the gap, between this. <laughs> if the gap was a little bigger, the See, I think with the plane arrive, we get back around six thirty. With you guys, it's five five thirty. Yeah, so there's not much of a plus, a plus factor for you not to. What about it. lunch? What about lunch? I mean, that's a, that's how I, that's really Is the, that highlight the game of my, breaker. Well, it's the highlight of my day usually. So, if well, I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's it, almost eleven. By the time we're gonna leave, it's gonna be you're figuring we're not gonna leave eleven. Do we, until do we, do until we noon. shake shack and get in the car, or do oh, we, I think uh, we take advantage of the fact that we're in the city and we go somewhere here. No, I mean you gotta know the way. Yes, yeah, so I mean because that way, because really to me the the highlight of staying would be I'd go find. Then it's kind of a crapshoot. Do I go to good lunch place? Do I not? Well, I big dog to the great, the great Ed Levine last night. I got him good because he put me on the assignment. He goes, "Hey, we got to go somewhere. I got these clients and yeah. my daughter's here." And I said, "Okay, well, what do you want to do?" He goes, "I want to go by the Barclays Center." He goes, I want to be able to walk to the game. Right. He said, so what do you got over there? You know anything? I said, well, no, I'm going to figure it out. So I get this little place, Covina something, da, 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 and it's downstairs in a wine cellar made of brick and wood. And I'm telling you, it was killer good. And so I shot scored. Do we have to do a show tomorrow? No. No? No. Nope. Is that a show tomorrow? I'm leaning. I, well, you do. If, if I you, do. 
you can get us a good lunch place, I say let's do it. Let's road trip the boys. Does let's you know what he's going to do? Does he's me driving change your... If I'm, behind, if I'm behind the wheel, does that, that change? That changes a little bit, yeah. Why don't we go have lunch? We'll drop back, back to off 50, the hotel. 54%. Um, <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, whatever. You have time. 58%. What do you think? It's rising. You have time. It's rising with Paulie driving? It's rising? The lunch has got, got you inspired. Yeah, you got good ideas? You got, oh, of course. Of course. I've got nothing but ideas. I've got nothing but ideas. This is my town. Right. That's what I'm City. saying. I was hoping for Subway again. I was hoping we yeah, shoot over. The, I'm hoping we shoot over the bridge and go down to Little Italy or something like that, and go eat, and go eat something nice, the, the real stuff or Chinatown. Or. See, I've never done that. I that to me that's an experience. I'm on the road for experiences. So if you take us to a real Chinatown thing, I wouldn't know what. Oh, me. then come or with me real, down. It's or we're downtown. Italian. We're downtown because this is where the World Trade Center was. I mean, I wouldn't know so, what to order. I, I would just need something put in front of me and told it's good, and then you know. Yeah, no, no, Chinatown, Chinatown and in, is, is you know, if you have like legit Italian that's you know better than uh, you know Olive Garden, then you know. Yeah, now, this now is you a, this this is like the neighborhood down here. You know, I mean, this is where you go. All right, we'll get them. We'll get them over there. We'll get some lunch going. Let's go to break. We'll come back with more with Matt Park on the Big Show. Next, I'd like to introduce. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. He's going to give a special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. This brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? Youngest, medium, old. On all three of them, actually. Not that I really think. Yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. (laughs) We're back with a a retread introduction. I like it. Uh, Matt Park is with us, and we have a new guest coming in right now. Lauren Levine. Hello. Uh, who has her own show. Lauren, tell us about your show real quick. I do. I have a podcast. It's called The Margarita Confessionals. It is anything you talk about with your best friend over drinks. Dating, friendship, career, relationships, all that Guys kind of stuff. Guys don't talk over drinks. We well, just you stare, should. We just stare at each other. Guys but need emotional of, support, too. I'm kind of intrigued by the idea of three margarita. You know, that number three hits me. If we can get them three, three in, I want a guest on that show. Yeah. I can get them to talk about it. I'll wind them all up. Talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to have you come on. I'm coming on. I'm mm-hmm. not going to drink, though. See, that's my advantage. That's okay. So I'll go watch you guys. You're drinking with them? Yeah. And how many do you knock down? How long is the podcast? Usually they're like 30 to 40 minutes. So you're not, you're not knocking down more than one? Or you're Usually like two. Because I have two. to run the board and ask good questions and, you know. And the guests like just, two. are we slamming? Do we throw a couple of shots of tequila out there to get? Well, you got to get them a little loose because we don't want to know their, all their secrets and everything. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, it's difficult because they're nervous, and then sometimes they'll tell me all their real secrets when I turn the microphone off. And yeah, that's yeah. That's not what I want. That's not why no. I brought you here. We want to do like they do drunk history. Yeah. We want to start and party in and drink in before, find that sweet spot when it starts flowing, right. and turn the mic on. Yeah. Do you do that? Yes. Oh, I like that. Because I used to be like, uh, and now I'm turning on the microphone, here we go, and everyone would get very quiet. But now I'm just kind of like, we're chit-chatting, we're drinking. And you do the little under the table, very just very right. Oh, I mm-hmm. like it. She sandbags them, essentially. <laughs> she sandbags them. I like that. What do you got, Polly? We got Mike Waters on the phone. We got Mike Waters. Bring him on. Where's Hi, Mike. Mike? It's funny, I'm listening to you guys, and I'm thinking this sounds so familiar because my best interviews with Jim Beheim are along the same line. <laughs> Who's doing the drinking or are you both? <laughs> I, I have to do all the drinking. <laughs> uh, I'd like to get Jim with a little, with a little smoothie. Wouldn't that be interesting? Try to get some, yeah, that would be. Have doesn't a drink. Work. He doesn't drink at all? I, I mean, my understanding is pretty much almost never. <clears throat> wow. Not so much for that. How much uh, booze should the Syracuse fans be drinking, Mike Waters, here for the next couple of days to keep the edge off? Oh, my God. Uh, some of the Syracuse fans I know are probably going to just climb into a bottle and stay there for four days. Um, the, the poor folks I just saw about half an hour ago in the hotel lobby, you know, they're just kind of looking at me, hoping that I can offer them some sort of, you know, glimmer of hope. 
And so I try to. I say, you know, you still have a great non-conference strength of schedule. You still have a great RPI. The three quadrant wins aren't going away. If Buffalo can do you a favor, it goes to four quadrant one wins. You've got no bad losses. You know, another bubble team like Providence has three quadrant four losses. And so I, I can see in their faces, they're starting to get a little, you know, happier and everything. And then I tell them, but there's four days where every other bubble team out there that's still alive has a chance to jump you. And Syracuse can do nothing but wait. And it's like you're at the blackjack table and you're sticking on 16. Yeah. Well, well so we saw uh, a bunch of the guys in the – what was the bracketology thing you were looking at? Bracket Paulie? matrix. Bracket matrix. And a, a, a few people have Syracuse in the play-in game. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, I guess all hope. Interestingly enough, Matt Park, who's with us right now. Hello, I, Michael. I, I mentioned, Hello, Matthew. Uh, I mentioned Louisville, and, and he seems to think no Louisville would get the nod over. I guess is a common opponent not as big a, a statistical thing because we, we beat Louisville on the road. You know, it, it's kind of hard. I mean, you can't just take it as, as gospel. Oh, you beat them on the home floor because otherwise we'd have Wofford in ahead of North Carolina. Uh, but that said, when you have uh, two profiles that are so very similar, like Syracuse and Louisville, I do think it, it looks good for Syracuse, obviously, to have that win down there at Louisville, both teams at full strength. And uh, going into yesterday's games, on that bracket matrix that Paulie was looking at, Syracuse was on 51 of the brackets, and Louisville was only in 26 of them. Now, does Louisville's win yesterday do enough to get them past it? I think I think Louisville is in a position today of having to beat an extremely good team, same position that Syracuse was in last night. And um, I, I don't know. I think unless Louisville can beat Virginia today, I don't think they're in. Yeah, I don't think they're in either. I think, and I think they're going to get smoked by Virginia. Um, so, so yay or nay, <clears throat> based on today's information, without seeing what everybody else does, Mike. Is, is Q's in or not? I think they're in by a hair today. But I just have a bad feeling about how things are going to break over the next three or four days, you know? So, yeah, you, listen, when I say they're in today, don't hold me to that on Sunday night. No, we're going <laughs> to say based on today. So, uh, and, you know, yeah, but certainly if a Notre Dame, you know, was to clip somebody again or, or something like that, then I think we got a problem because I think they're like last or second to last in right now. If they, if they Notre Dame is a bad comp because they beat Syracuse head-to-head without their two best players. They've got a similar performance, and they've got extenuating circumstances for a lot of their losses. So I just I think it's hard to see Syracuse going in over Notre Dame. So you think for I hear what Matt's saying, and he's right. Um, the only problem with Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's going to be an amazing they have bad losses with the them. committee. They, they, again, they, exactly. They, they, with Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell, they lost to Ball State and Indiana. Don't so you can't State, just man. take the wins that they had with Bonds. Yeah, you Cardinal. have to take everything. Yeah, I'm a fighting Cardinal. I'm a Ball State grad. Be careful. Oopsie daisy. I didn't know that. <laughs> when, when you look at the ACC, Mike, everybody's talking Florida State's a lock. Are they? Do you have them as a lock in the tournament? They didn't look like a tournament team yesterday, that's for sure. I agree with Matt. I, you know, I think, and I'm just going off the top of my head here, I want to say Florida State has a several quadrant one wins. I want to say they have six quadrant one wins. Aside from that, the rest of their profile is really uh, uninspiring. And, and I could, you know, could see an argument for leaving them out, but six wins in the quadrant one is, is more than any other bubble team. So I think they're in. Wow, interesting. Um, yeah, and and I just called it up, and I'm right. My my memory did serve correct. They're six and seven in quadrant one games. Uh, I'll ask all of you guys this: Do you think they should set parameters for this that are a little more cut and dry, like they do in, in bowl like season? The- like, should you have to be five hundred in your conference? Should you have to have twenty wins before you're even considered? Well, the only problem with doing that is if you run into one of those freaky years where not enough teams. Qualify. No, what it would do is skew toward the mid-major. So uh, for every Syracuse and whatever that wouldn't qualify, now the second-best teams from 
the Mid-American from the Metro, from the Southern Conference, et cetera. You'd have more of those. I mean, I think some people think that would make a better tournament. I, I'm not one of those people, but uh, I think some people think that's what it's about or, or, or they like that kind of stuff. Well, and the other thing it might do is it would, it would incentivize some teams to schedule a few more easier games. So, like this year, instead of Syracuse scheduling St. Bonaventure, they can go out and schedule a lesser team to make sure they got to 20 or 21 wins. So I like incentivizing teams to schedule up. And that's why yeah. I like strength of schedule, and I like road wins being emphasized. Yeah, well, it's just harder to win on the road. And remember, too, the tournament is taking this evaluation process and saying you're not going to be playing at home. So when you are away from your stadium and even at what's considered a neutral site, how has your performance been over a 30-game schedule? And are you going to be able to excite us? Listen, we all want to see David Slay Goliath. That's exciting to watch the Butlers, you know, and the Gonzagas back in the day. Now they're, they're a perennial power. But, you know, when you see that, when you see a Walford come out and beat a North Carolina, that's exciting basketball. I mean, it really is. It can make a program, too. Are they going to turn around and turn that into a recruiting giant slayer thing for many years? No. But they could turn that into a program that threatens to win their division for a decade by winning a single game like that. They can get those other two kids that then starts that program off. And I, we've seen it happen before. So uh, and that, and that's exciting to me. I love seeing... You know, the, 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 the 13 beat the, the, the five. You know, when that guy, those games are great. They're really, really fun. Lauren, don't talk so much over there. I don't want to wow you with all my insight and make you look bad. But bring it in. <laughs> what do you got? Cosign. Cosign on everything you said. You're going to cosign on everything yes. I said? Yes. This is a smart woman, huh? <laughs> this, is, this is an Ed's daughter. On our drive. Can we daughter. listen to the games on our drive? I mean, I mean, I've already committed to the drive. just want you to know. You listen to whatever you want. This is, a, this is a... What we got? I mean, we should listen to Louisville, Virginia. We, we can tune in. Of course, in. we'll be eating, and then we'll... We can tune in like the fine listeners of this radio station to the uh, ACC tournament for the rest of the way here on ESPN Radio, 97.7 yeah. and 100.1. You catch all the games right up through Saturday. BC can beat Clemson, too. BC can definitely beat Clemson. They might be the sleeper. Well, the they don't have enough. <laughs> Cosign. They don't have enough nice. wins to get to, uh, you know, they're not going to get into the tournament unless they win the unless whole thing. Unless they win so the not, ACC. They're not going to do that. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Yeah, you never know. You never know, baby. You never know. So, so Mike, do you stay down and watch your, uh, your Tar Heels uh, roll through the rest of the tournament here, or are you heading back? Back, I thought we were going to caravan with you guys uh, when you started talking about hitting the road. Uh, we're we're going to do the same thing here. I had to do a couple follow stories this morning, just send them in to the boss man back home. Uh, so uh, we're going to hit the road shortly, and you know, I, I'm looking forward to, get, to getting back home. Uh, been on the road for a little while. so. Well, let's catch up when we get a little deeper into the tournament and they make the announcement on Sunday. So Monday or Tuesday, Mike. Let's set some time. You come on the show and tell us a little analysis uh, what you think we have to look forward to in both the NCAA tournament and the NIT tournament. I'd love that. Okay, well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. We'll be back with With a big announcement. With a huge announcement. A gigantic announcement. So big. An enormous announcement. And then it's going to be on the road. I will be shooting video of Paulie the Mole, Matt Park, and I as we invade Chinatown Mm -hmm. And for, for a little meal, and then we're on the road listening to the game. Our reactions, our videos, co-signed all by the great Lauren Levine. We'll be back after this. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn, brought to you by Planet Fitness. <laughs> hey, now, we're back. Paulie, who cues me when we're back, has been all off again. This game threw you off last night. Yeah, I was a... I didn't sleep good last night. I was tossing and turning. You didn't sleep well last night. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't sleep well last night. Sorry. Okay, my father was an English and history teacher. So. Good. I'm glad um, it rubbed off on you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes Josh. Yo! To talk to you. Yo. Josh, Josh has to wake up now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, What's up, guys? Uh, no. Uh, what's up? <laughs> you want to make the big? You, you're going to make the big announcement. Who's making the big announcement? Well, I don't even know there's an announcement. What's the announcement? Wow, Josh! Think about, it, think about it. Think about it. Yeah, 
think about what would the announcement be as we move forward and come back to Syracuse? That Joe Salzone's syphilis is completely cleared up, and <laughs> he is now ready for intercourse again, ladies. You know what? You know, <laughs> there's a beautiful Facebook post from Joe Salzone. Today's like what is it, International Women's Day or something? They, yes. He put up on Facebook a beautiful picture of him, young and portly, with a full beard. Uh, uh, at, with his mom, and his mom is all beaming behind him, and blah, blah, blah. he said something like, "My favorite woman in the world," or something. Most like important that. woman in my life. Yeah, something like. It's that. Very Only sweet. Very nice day. post. Only. It was very nice post. It was very unsalzonish. <laughs> uh, you mean there was like joy in it? So that means it was very unsalzone. Well, you know, there just there was a glimmer of light in in a ship of darkness. Uh, is how I saw it, and I was I was quite uh, intrigued and happy to see that he took the time to write this to his mom. You only have one mom, so that was a beautiful thing. Thank you very much for reminding us all how important our mothers are. I'm starting to think it's just us he doesn't like. Well, you know, it's funny, because Jacqueline, who came on and did the day show, the first day we came out the gate, Joe was... I'd never seen him so excited. He, you know, he, was art- he was articulate. He was, you know, saying all kinds of stuff and adding to the show. And, blah. and the next day, as if, you know, someone had, you know, murdered his sister right in front of him, uh, he came in and it was dark. Yeah, he's laughing. That, that, really, that would not upset me if someone murdered him. I was about to say. I was about to say, I knew as soon as I said that I picked the wrong person. Yeah, the you picked pick the wrong say. sibling. Yeah, that was, that was for, for the record, Joe's mom is also my favorite woman. Hashtag Joe's mom. Yeah. So, so, uh, uh, so Joe came in and he was, uh, you know, Joe of old. And Jacqueline was really confused. You know, she... She turned around and she walked me into the other room and she she literally was like shaken by it. I said, what the hell is wrong? And she goes, does he not like me? Or like yesterday he was really friendly and today he's not even talking to me. I bought him a sandwich again and, and he won't even look at me. <laughs> I went, yeah, don't take it personally. It's Joe. You know, he just, you know, you don't know really who's going to show up. And so I, I like seeing this new glimmer of sunshine about his mom. I like his mom's number, please. No, very <laughs> nice. Oh, I got it. Yeah, Polly's no, got, got it. Don't worry about number? it. Paulie's got it. I'm going to send her an occasional text. Joe's not behaving today. He's being a little dark. Joe needs we'll a spanking. We'll yeah, Joe. Joe. He syph- likes those. The syphilis is coming back. <laughs> it's creeping up. So, so make the announcement, so, Daniel. Make the, make the big announcement. Do you, do you understand? Do you even Did you get it yet? No, I, I guess I know what it is. Yeah, I know what it is. Well, we decided that because, you know, I'm doing, you know, Josh does... His famous K Rock Josh show, uh, biggest show in all of Central New York, uh, and so um, we've decided that I'm going to probably be at least for a while um, a fixture on the Gomez and Lisa show. So with that said, you know from where Josh and I drive from, you know he's coming up from way up north and I'm coming up from way up north. We're looking at you know close to an hour of, uh, of drive each time. We drive down. We do a well. Josh, worse than me, he does six. He does a four-hour show starting at six o'clock in the morning. I do a three-hour show at six in the morning. We're done, and then we got to wait till three o'clock to do this show for an hour on ESPN. So we went to the great one, Ed Levine, and we told him, you know, you do, you, you, you don't, you don't want to burn Josh out, and certainly I'm getting burnt out. So we've decided to make a permanent move on the Daniel Baldwin show on ESPN for one hour at 10 a.m. On ESPN Radio Syracuse. So exciting. Will, yes, exciting. Them, them. It's very exciting. Does that mean I have to get up in the morning now? Oh, yes, you do. wake up at 9 now? I think they should bring you and Salzone in. Now, if they listen to me, if they listen to me, and I know the great one's listening, and, and I know I've got now his daughter, Lauren, who really gets podcasting. She's got, actually, her show is super successful uh, down in the Carolinas, and she's looking to branch that thing out to go beyond where she is now. And this is the market of today. So I think Ed is starting to really see the potential of different shows, other shows, too, that he has on ESPN Radio and, and, and some of his other multiple outlets. But the goal for me is to get that, that those offices upstairs. So events, which are, are huge at, at Galaxy Media, that he has an event side that is you know, surpassed by no one in New York State. I mean, they're very big. Um, and, and now as, as our global reach and our, our, our imprint as far as digital marketing is concerned, I mean, he's got a company that's really on the rise. So we need to meet those demands by having, and my interest lies in filming it. 
you know, I, I don't just want to do a podcast. I want cameras in there so we show people the personalities and we do more of a, not that materialized, but more of a, a, an early uh, Howard Stern layout where you get to see the characters that are on the show. You get to see the antics. Um, when we go to breaks that are radio, you can go beyond that where sometimes the language is maybe a little more risque, uh, you know, and, and we don't have to worry about that uh, because it's not going to go over the airways. And we have the potential too of a reality show that might be coming in and shooting us that will be on either A&E or Bravo. They're in the mix. And I've always said, you know, if we're up there doing it, we might as well do, you know, some type of TV series to boot. So there's a lot of things we're looking at right now. And with all that information that I just gave you, moving our show from 10 uh, to 11 and allowing Josh to actually have, and myself to have some type of form of a family life and not have our wives want to kill us. Yeah. Uh, so it's going, it's going to be permanently now uh, from 10 to 11. The show you're listening to right now will be on ESPN Radio Syracuse starting at 10 o'clock with the usual crew of Droogs and Low Lifes. So yeah, very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, this is yeah. a good week to try it, too, and uh, it seemed to work really well, and I like coming right over here from the morning show. I know you got to do the same thing, Daniel. I think it worked out great. You know the numbers. The numbers are any indication we're skyrocketing now. Absolutely, we're skyrocketing right now in, in, the ten, <laughs> in, the, in, in the in the ten to twelve two-hour format. I think what's going to happen is we're going to dial it back, and there'll be an outcry. There'll be an outcry on ESPN of what happened to the the two hours of entertainment that we had, uh, and we'll have to re-examine that later on because we might be podcasting by then. So we'll see. We all wait for the decisions of the great one, Ed Levine, who really, although he does make a lot of the a lot of the decisions, it pretty much comes down to Pam, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It comes down to Pam. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not deceived by the great one, although he does a lot of the facing and you know, and he's on the Lear Jets and the you know the sixteen passer Skorsky that he gets that lands on the building, the whole bit. I mean he, he does play, you know, the, the corporate giant that, that he is in some ways. But uh, really, at the end of the day, it does come down to what Pam decides. And Pam has, uh, you know, I'm, I've been labeled Eddie Haskell to Pam. You know that she calls me Eddie Haskell, right? Oh, really? Are you the oh, yeah. bad neighbor? Yeah, I'm the, well, the that, bad was, that was Beaver's brother's friend yeah. who came over. Hi, Mrs. Cleaver. How are you? May I say that you look beautiful today? So she thinks that I'm like a brown-nosing Eddie Haskell. She calls me Eddie Haskell. So it's uh, I got some work to do on that relationship. Maybe I can learn from K Rock Josh. Polly, does she hate you like everybody else? Or I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I can't tell if people are joking with me or hate me. What kind of jokes does she tell you? No, I'll tell you right off the bat. Uh, no, it's it's the same with everybody in that building. It's usually you don't know what you're doing. You're stupid. You know that type of stuff from everybody. I can be very clear. I just hate you. That's all it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a good relationship with Pam, don't you? I mean, I, I can fix her phone when it breaks. That that helps me. And uh, that's a, that's a I connected her Bluetooth that's to her new car. That's I mean, that's just stuff like nice. that. Nice, nice. So so you you have a relationship based on slavery. Yeah, but I, indentured I like servitude, it. whatever it takes. I like, I like it. I like it. I like. It. I'm gonna have to start washing her car, doing. <laughs> yeah, up. just to file some files and uh, do some things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in trouble. I think I'm in trouble. I got to work on this relationship. All right, listen. We're going to be back tomorrow morning. I'll be on, uh, on the Gomez and Lisa show. And uh, we'll be back on the Daniel Baldwin show tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. Everyone, thank you so much for taking the Travel time. Travel safe, boys. ACC uh, tournament's next. ACC hey. tournament will be coming up next, according to Polly the Mole. <laughs>